Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. Well, friends, hey, here's what I want you to do. We, we actually, during the break there, we just pause for a moment to pray. Um, I want you to, right where you're at, uh, even if your kid's are running around, um, I hear my dog in the garage barking. We've locked him up. Um, even in the midst of, of life that's going crazy, I want you to take a moment and have like a, create like a, 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 a peace space for your, for your own heart right now and cry out to God in these moments to come and touch your life and invite him and welcome him in these moments. I really, uh, and never in my life uh, and, and to this day, uh, have had the desire to be a, a TV personality. I want to be a pastor. I want to shepherd your hearts uh, in, into the presence of God. I want you to be completely wrecked by his presence. I, want, uh, I know that, that the Holy Spirit can meet you right where you're at. Um, and all he's looking for is just an invitation to burst onto your scene. And so I think God's tracking people down right now. I think people are, are watching this, and even in the midst of the chaos, you feel the Holy Spirit uh, just, just crying out for all of you, not just the little parts of you. And so I just, uh, just want to say, guys, give God the green light right now just to do whatever he wants to do uh, in your heart and your life. And I think that these next few moments are, are going to be really good. Um, yeah, so, so here's, here's a, a word on my heart. I was, I've been uh, preparing for the last two weeks to really roll out a lot of plans, uh, uh, you know, that uh, with uh, strategies and, and things that we're going to operate in in this season because this is a season where it's tumultuous, uh, it's chaotic, and, it's, um, and it's, uh, there's a lot of turmoil, and that's putting it nicely. Uh, if you turn on the news, it is this is a wild day that we're living in, and I wanted to roll out some, some plans on what God wants to do in a season like this, and He wants to do a lot. Like, I'm excited about a summer tent revival. I'm really pumped about the wind conference that's coming up that we're going to be talking more about, which is a regional outcry for revival in our nation. We're welcoming in fathers and mothers uh, around the world, partnering with other churches uh, in this region. Providence has the privilege of hosting this, but it's not necessarily for Providence. So I'm excited to to talk about a lot of those things, but really what I, I sensed that the Holy Spirit wanted to do on this Pentecost, uh, Pentecost Sunday is that he just wanted me to uh, bring a word that actually takes the pressure off. Um, and he wanted me to, to bring a word um, where, uh, just to let us know that we don't have to have the best plans, we just have to have him. And so um, I want to bring a, a word of vision um, that is basically that God is calling us, uh, calling us back to the basics. He wants me to reiterate the very basics of Christianity to us uh, this morning. Um, Yesterday, well, actually, uh, today's Sunday, so this has been uh, two days ago. On Friday, um, my, uh, my family and I day trip to the beach. That's why I'm a little burnt here. I don't know if you can tell that. Um, but we day trip to the beach. We had to get out of Hanover. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I, I do often. Um, and, uh, and then we were also celebrating the fact that my mom, uh, not my mom, <laughs> dear Jesus, my wife, um, can we edit that? Um, but that my wife just got a new job. She's been preparing for 20 years for this job. And so she's, God's sending her into the new Oxford School District like a pastor to, to be um, a school counselor. And so we're really celebrating that. And so uh, we went, uh, my wife and the kids and even a friend, we loaded up our vehicle and we drove to Bethany Beach. And it was kind of windy and chilly. And so we didn't put on sunscreen. 
um, and it was cloudy. Cloudy, windy, chilly. We're like, we don't need sunscreen. We spent about four hours on the beach, and we all got burnt. Um, and, uh, and it was crazy that in, in, the, in the wind, in the chill, and in the clouds, the sun was still there, uh, making an impact in our lives. And I want to tell you that if you're in a season where it just doesn't seem like God's moving, I want to assure you that, in fact, He is behind the clouds of your season, and He is shining in the season, and the effects of what He's doing in the season, you may not know that they're happening in the moment, but they are happening behind the scenes. And that's what I want to speak to. I want to talk about the kind of life that embraces God's move when you don't have a plan. Okay, so uh, I want to speak uh, in a day of much turmoil, unprecedented turmoil. I want to speak a Holy Spirit hope into your heart, into your life, into your perspective, and into your existence, into your family, into your business, into your job, and into your dog. All right, all of this, I want to speak uh, this, this word into us, a word of vision as, as the church. Now, um, I was trained... In all of my schooling, I was trained in this. And grab your Bibles and open to Luke chapter 5. Um, but, uh, and then put your finger in Acts chapter 1. This is Pentecost Sunday. we got to go there. Amen. Uh, but I was trained that here's what vision is. Uh, and this is not bad. I don't even disagree with this. This is just not the heartbeat of it, okay, in the church. But I was trained that vision is knowing where you're going and then defining clear steps to get there. Now, that, that is good. It's just not near everything. But you've got to have a vision in an organization, and every organization uh, or church needs to have a mission. And a mission is what we, what we exist to do. And then you've got to have values. And those values are like the anchors, the bedrock, the foundation of how you do church, how you... Uh, organize what you organize around. And so you've got to have a vision. That's where you've got to have a mission. That's what. And then you've got to have values. That's how. Now, um, lots of organizations that are Christless have those things. And I don't want to get caught just operating in those. There's a few other components to this that are really, really important. And in fact, I'm amazed at how Jesus completely breaks those rules so often. And we have to, uh, we have to see how he does this. I'm amazed at how well Jesus breaks those rules. I'm, I'm amazed at how often Jesus shatters these ideas. And, and the bedrock is not our values. The bedrock is Jesus, okay? Now, in, uh, in Luke chapter 5, um, starting uh, with verse 4, this is Jesus. The context of this is Jesus is calling his first disciples. And he, he walks up to professional fishermen uh, who have been um, who have had, had been all night out on the sea, and they have not caused a thing. They're actually cleaning their nets. And Jesus walks up to these guys and says, hey, I want to hop in your boat. I want to go fishing with you. Take me out to sea. These guys are like, Jesus, we're professionals. You're a carpenter. I don't know who you think you are, but Peter actually says, at your word, we'll do it. Okay, so he's operating in faith. He doesn't really know who Jesus is, doesn't know the extent uh, or, the, or the context of what is actually going on, but they listen to Jesus. Uh, Jesus has them let down their nets that, they, that were just cleaned, by the way, and they catch a record amount of fish, so much that they had to call other boats to bring the fish in. When this happens in verse 8 of Luke chapter 5, it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had seen. Guys, you've got to have an encounter in your life when you see that Jesus is bigger than your plans. Uh, and where you see that, that, that Jesus is absolutely astonishing. You've got to have an encounter like this in your life where you fall at Jesus' feet and say, uh, you're bigger than me. 
Um, and so that is what's happening to Peter, and that is what is happening to the disciples. That's happening. what's happening in verse 10, says, to James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And here's what Jesus says. Here's how Jesus responds to the astonishment that's happening. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Now, guys, I want to argue for a moment that that's not a great vision statement. <laughs> you're taking professional fishermen that know how to fish, you're blowing their minds, and then you're just saying, hey, let's go catch men together. Um, that's not necessarily clarity, I would argue, right? Would you say, Noah, would you agree with that? You, that's not clarity. Well, and Noah's disagreeing with me. <laughs> Je- would you, anybody, 80? No, no, now he is in agreement. Are you in agreement with that? I think we're all in agreement that a great vision statement is not like, hey, let's go catch men. Okay, but here Jesus is basically what he's doing is he's inviting them unclearly into the unknown. And he's saying, I want to take you on a journey that is so much bigger than you. You're not going to know the end from the beginning. You're just going to have to trust me. At Providence, what we do is we're calling this our vision statement. We're saying that this kind of life is saying that when you boil Providence, a heartbeat down, our vision down, it is not where we're going. We'll go anywhere with Jesus, okay? It is, it is not necessarily how we're getting there. Um, it, it, when you boil Providence's vision down, our vision is this. Jesus has to be everything. He has to be absolutely everything. You know, a, a, a great foundation for a clear vision would have been staying with the largest catch of fish that anybody had ever seen. You, they caught fish that they, that they dreamed their whole lives for that. And Jesus actually calls them away from what would be known into the unknown, away from what would set them up financially for the rest of their life uh, into the unknown, away from what would provide for all the dreams of their family into the unknown, away from, uh, from the con- concrete into the unknown, abstract reality of the kingdom. And so here Jesus is is saying, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. And I think that Jesus has been uh, crying out and reaching out to so many of us in these days, saying, I want you to follow me. And what we've been looking for from Jesus is a vision statement, a mission statement, and values so we can say, Jesus, where are you following me? When Jesus is like, we're going to catch men together. Um, Jesus saying, I don't need to tell you. In fact, the, the way that Jesus led is he always knew that his destination was the cross and then an empty grave. But what he would do is he'd spend the night in prayer and then he'd ask his father, where are we going today? And then he'd tell his disciples, just follow me. I would say a good vision statement actually opens the door to the unknown and doesn't just clarify what we think we need to see, guys. So uh, I, want, I want to invite us at Providence that we, we here's our vision. Jesus, you are our everything. We want to obsess over you. We want to delight ourselves in you. We want you to be the first thought in the morning, the last thought in the the evening, and then we want to dream about you through the night. We want our whole life to be wrapped around you, and that's all we need to know as long as we have you. In the Old Testament, the armies would not go out to battle unless God promised to be with them. This This is a life where we want God and his promise more than we want answers. And so this is a season that is wonderful to rebirth a dream, to reiterate a dream, to stand on the the bedrock reality of Christianity that is not answers and visions and missions and statements, but it is Jesus is everything to us. And that is amazing. Now, here's a wonderful thing, though, that I've got to talk about on Pentecost Sunday, is that many of us fall into the trap of trying to make Jesus everything, and then we fail. 
and we try to turn our own hearts on, and we try to do things that practically make Jesus everything in our lives, when that is not actually the kingdom plan that Jesus have, has for you, here's a refreshing word that I want to uh, share with you. If you want to make Jesus your everything, what you need is this person named Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, so on Pentecost Sunday, if you flip to Acts chapter 1, this is when it gets really good, and this is actually what makes the church the church. Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4, it says, this is the resurrected Jesus speaking. While, uh, while staying with them, he ordered them not to de depart from Jerusalem, all right, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. All right, so Jesus, here's Jesus' final instructions. Don't tear off into the adventure before you re you've received the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of times we hear a word and we're like, I want to follow Jesus and make him my everything. And we tear off without saying, Holy Spirit, empower me to do this. Because if the Christian life is unsupernatural, it's not the Christian life. The Christian life is supernatural or, it's, or it doesn't work. And so, so many of us want to tame Christianity that where we know the end from the beginning, that we don't have to risk much, and that keeps us in our comfort zone. But these are days, my friends, where Jesus is returning us to our foundations, to our roots, to first love moments. We're like, Jesus, sweep me off my feet. Take me into the unknown and fill me with power so I can do this. So here, Jesus is saying, uh, don't depart from Jerusalem. Wait. The Father is going to give you a gift, and the gift is the third person of the Trinity. And so starting in verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, this is, this is another thing. It's when. It's another detail. It's like, it's not just where are we going. We, we've got to see it. But it's also, when is all this happening? And I love Jesus. He's breaking the rules again. He's not letting people settle into that kind of crazy. All right? Uh, he, is, he is saying this. In verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So listen, he's saying this, Father knows, that's all you need to know. And so it talks about, are these the end times? Is Jesus returning? We should keep talking about this. We should not be uh, operating in the delusion that Jesus is never returning, okay? He is, and he's coming back, and he's going to come back probably sooner than we know, but exploring uh, times and dates and seasons, that's not us for to conjecture about. I hope I used that word properly, did I? Um, I, I just got, got concerned for my vocabulary. The, those aren't words for us to, to uh, wonder about. What we need to be doing is we need to be taking part in the great adventure that God's calling to, fueled by the Holy Spirit, that, that, makes, the, that makes Jesus famous in the earth, okay? And here's what that is, verse 8, but you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, all right? Now, this is the adventure that Jesus was calling the disciples in. And this, if you go back to verse 4, Jesus is saying, stay in Jerusalem. Don't take off into uh, Judea and to the ends of the earth until you receive the gift of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, because you need power to make Jesus everything. And then you've got you've to burn from that place. And that's, I want to send you into the nations like a torch, not like someone that's trying with a lot of effort. And so I think a lot of the church looks like people trying hard and failing, and I think we, we look like, we just look like the defeated instead of Holy Spirit 
torches that burn like fire in darkness. And so, um, so I want to encourage you all here this evening that, um, that some of you are in a season, it's like a re- you're in between resurrection and Pentecost, where God has told you to wait and you need patience to not take off into the, into the calling that God has on your life. You just need to wait and trust Jesus, who is your everything, that his timing is, imp- that it is perfect, and he's going to give you all that you need in the waiting season, okay? And so some of you just need to be at peace and shalom, top of your head, bottom of your feet, inside, outside, all around you, just peace over you that you need to wait because the time's coming where God's going to pour it out and open the door and green light your future. Okay, so just wait on God. Don't try to do that uh, on your own. Uh, Some of you also, you don't need to know when. You just need to know who, okay? Following Jesus is not not about where's and when's. It's, It's about who. And so I don't necessarily know where I'm going. I don't necessarily know when I'm getting there. I just know who I'm following. And so it's, it's about it's, you need to know who, not just um, when. And you need to know this, that you don't have to try to do, the, to do the impossible. Actually, God wants to empower you to do the impossible with your life. And he wants you to dream again. He wants you to imagine um, the kingdom advancing in a way that goes against world systems, and he wants to boggle and astonish the minds of just regular people through your life. He wants to empower you to do that. Um, he wants to burn in you like a torch. Now, uh, if you read the Old Testament much, you'll see that there's so many pictures in the Old Testament about president uh, or not uh, or about uh, present New Testament realities. Okay, And so one of them would be the tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, that's where the place on earth where the presence of God dwelled. Okay, And then in the, in the tabernacle, there would be an altar where the people would make sacrifice for sins. And then there would be a place in the tabernacle that was a fire that would burn. Now, the, the, today we know that Jesus is the sacrifice on the altar. And we know that the presence of God, is that, that, that's the Father. He, he wants to be in your life. The fire, though, in the Old Testament, what that's what that's pointing to is the Holy Spirit right now. And what the beautiful thing is the, the fire in the Old Testament, what, it was fire from heaven, okay? So there is, no, there is no strategy to get fire. It's just God gives fire. And then the call of the church is to not let the fire go out. And so God wants to pour fire into your life, and then he wants you to steward the flame, and he wants to make sure that your life is not full of effort, but full of heat, full of light, full of fire, okay? And so this is the defining part of the church. Yes, the church needs to be making Jesus famous in the earth and and shouting, he is everything. But what has to accompany Jesus being everything is the fire of the Spirit, proving that in fact he is. And so so here's, you know what? The church empowered with the Holy Spirit is dangerous to the darkness, um, the, the church should, as the, the darker the world gets, the more powerfully used the church should be. Do you know that in pandemics throughout history, the church, while everybody else was running, the church ran to the darkness and lit it up? Have you ever wondered why hospitals are named like St. Matthew's and St. Bart's and St. Uh, Thomas's and, and St. Luke's? Have you ever wondered that? That's because the church back in the day when there was the Black Plague, while everybody else was running in fear, the church was actually running into the darkness, starting hospitals. Do you know who started hospitals? It comes from the word hospitality. Um, that is the church, 
right? Um, there, there are so many, in, in pandemics, the church ran to the darkness and with a fire in their souls of the Holy Spirit started a life where there was only death. This is what the church does when it's filled with the Spirit. Do you know that uh, the church has always done this, not under a banner of uh, safety, but mostly throughout history under a banner of persecution? And in fact, it's the when, um, when, the, um, when persecution broke out on, on the earth in the early days of the church, that's when the church most successfully brought the gospel, not just to Jerusalem, but to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's actually persecution that, that was the, 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 the wind and missionary sails, right? Sending them to places they may have never gone. Guys, the, the church empowered by the Holy Spirit, you cannot stop. The church empowered by the Holy Spirit lights up any darkness that it sees. The church empowered by the Holy Spirit even sees persecution and, and turns it into victory. And so I'm excited to be a church that, that is more and more increasingly open to the Holy Spirit. Um, have you ever tried to mow the lawn without gas in your mower? Uh, it just doesn't work. Maybe some of you are out there saying, well, I've got an electric mower, so I don't know those problems. Okay, well, have you ever tried to mow your lawn with an electric mower that had no battery in it? Or have you ever tried to vacuum your house without plugging in the vacuum? You can push and pull and cry and beg and plead, but if there is no power, you're only going through motions and the deed is not getting done. I'm so tired, guys, of seeing a church that is only going through motions with no power in its belly, with no fire in its soul, with, with, with without victory as the outcome. And God is calling the church on this Pentecost Sunday to not just get back to work, but to ask for fire. To we have, we, Father, we, we repent for how we have not stewarded the flame, where, we've, uh, where we have um, done anything uh, other than fanning the flame of the Spirit into a, uh, uh, into a, a rage and I, I just believe that, that the, the Bible tells us very clearly not to quench the Spirit and not to put out the Spirit's fire, but, and, and sometimes that is what we're good at. And so here, these are days, guys, where here, I want to say, here's our vision at Providence, that Jesus would be everything, and here is our strategic plan, that we invite the Holy Spirit to fill us to, to make Jesus everything. The Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus famous in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your place of work, in your region, and in the world. And we just need to say, come and let's go. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm very, very in encouraged by that. I think I almost heard an amen through the screen. I'm serious. I actually think that you guys are getting uh, really excited about this. And I wanted to, I want to share two verses with you real briefly. And then I want to share my experience with the Holy Spirit, just a little, a little tidbit of it. But Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 uh, the prophet Zechariah says this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so this is how the church operates. That yes, we're gonna plan and we're gonna do our very best, but we're gonna, we're gonna pray. Do you know that in Acts, in the waiting, what they were doing is they were, actually, I just wanna show you this, Acts chapter one, while they were waiting, okay, in the upper room, waiting, not departing from Jerusalem, but waiting, verse 14 of Acts chapter one says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women 
and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So there's a whole band of outcasts all together waiting on the Holy Spirit. And so I don't care if you feel like an outcast or if you feel like you don't have anything to offer with the Holy Spirit. God makes common people so otherworldly. And I would just say, don't get tired of crying out to God in prayer. Uh, don't get tired of waiting. Don't get tired of crying out to, to God. Say, God, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Holy Spirit. And then also Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. This one rocked my world this week because I want to see the Holy Spirit unleashed in my kids to make Jesus everything in their lifetime. And it says this, I will pour water on the thirsty land. This is the heart of the Father. You've got, you've got a thirst, I want to quench that. And streams on the dry ground, are you dry? I want to change that. And I will pour my Spirit upon your offspring. <laughs> I will pour my spirit upon your offspring. Do you know, uh, my kids just finished uh, their school, their, you know, their, their homeschool, online school this week, and I'm thankful that they know about the, you know, the early settlers. I'm thankful that they're learning coding, and I'm thankful that uh, they're learning scientific uh, data and how to do all those things, arithmetic and math and health stuff and everything. But do you know what I want more than all of those things combined times infinity is I want the spirit of God poured upon my kids. I think so, so much of our efforts are into education and sports success, and we're leaving the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do far behind. My son's a good basketball player, but I, I asked my son at bed, just under, like I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped this in my heart, and I was to ask my son this, I, I, or I said this, Ethan, basketball is a great calling, but a horrible treasure. Is basketball, and what the Holy Spirit is asking you is, do you want to make, is basketball going to be your treasure or is it going to be your calling? Because if it's your calling, the Holy Spirit wants to enter that and empower you to do it. But if it's your treasure, that's something, my friend, called idolatry, and it'll lead you to a very dark place and ruin your life. And so Isaiah 44, 3 says, I will pour water on the thirsty land. You got to hear this, the heart of the Father. Streams on dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your off offspring and my blessing on your descendants. This is what God wants to do. Now, here's, my, here's been my experience as a 15-year-old boy. Um, after my parents were divorced, after we were chased out of a church and, and uh, really uh, emotionally uh, and uh, verbally uh, beaten and accused and abused in all kinds of ways, I should have been angry at the church. I should have been angry at my parents. I should have been angry at everybody. But the Holy Spirit started becoming my friend. And I used to, even as a senior in high school, I used to uh, ride the bus with the fresh so I was not the cool guy, I promise you. I would play badminton with the foreign exchange students after, like, I did not have friends, I'm telling you. Uh, but I, what I would do is, is I would go home and I would get off the bus, and I would sprint to my room because I didn't want ice cream. I didn't want to watch the, uh, a show. I didn't want to get on my smartphone. We didn't even have them back then. I wanted to open my Bible and, and spend time with my new friend, Holy Spirit. And so in my room in the quiet, like I began fasting. I didn't know I was supposed to because I, I, I would rather eat spiritually than physically. I would lay on my ground uh, on, my, on my floor and I would cry out to God. I would write songs. I would, I would underline things. And I read my Bible so much that the entire New Testament fell out because I was, I was not striving to try for Jesus. The Holy Spirit was, was making my dry ground of my heart a place of of beauty. 
and he was calling to me and I was meeting with God and God was ruining my life in the best possible way. I wasn't going to parties on earth. I was partying with angels in my room. And uh, you, could, you could think I'm a liar, but I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. God met me in all kinds of ways that I can't even explain to you today. My, my mom, my brother would hearing crazy things going on in my room would say, Nathan, are you okay? And I was like, no, not at all. It's great. Uh, and I, I really believe that that is, I, I've, got, I've got a master's degree in ministry. I've got a bachelor's degree. Those things are not the foundation that my life has been built on. My life has been built on the foundation that God has done something supernatural in my life where I want Jesus more than anything, and then I'm not depending on my own effort, but the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm just welcoming him, just come light me up like a torch. I may not have all the details down, but I'm at least going to burn in people's presence. And so that, my friends, is what God is inviting you into, and that is what you can welcome into your home and into your heart right now. In fact, here's a very dangerous prayer that you can do. You can pray, God, pour out your spirit on my kids. God, pour out your spirit on this heart. God, meet me right in this living room. God, meet me right in this neighborhood. God, meet me right in this moment. And all the turmoil and all the hatred and all the craziness. And, all, and when we should be anger, angry, we want to be hungry. And I promise you that a heart that is hungry is way better than a heart that is angry any day. A heart that is full of the Holy Spirit is so much better than a heart that's full of striving. And a heart that just wants to spend time with Jesus and say, Jesus, will you be my everything? Holy Spirit, will you be my friend? That is the kind of life that makes a difference on this earth. Can I pray that into you and over you right now? We're right on time. Heavenly Father, I just pray into all the people listening to me today that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would invade their life. And they would stop asking when questions and where questions. They would stop. They would surrender all the details. And that they would simply want Jesus and trust Jesus more than anything else on earth. And that you would light them up by your Holy Spirit to walk their life out in a way that makes much of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you want to make much of Jesus. And we recognize that that is, that is part of your ministry on the earth. You want to make much of Jesus. You want to empower us to make much of Jesus. You want to you send us to the nations, but first, God, empower us to do so. And so I just pray that uh, into the heart of the Providence family and into every other person who's, who's listening today, that I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would fall on your church again, revitalize us and revive us, I ask and I pray now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.